how would you like to have up to a million dollar credit line to purchase products? Maybe your Amazon sales deposited to your account daily instead of biweekly, or the ability to save tens of thousands of dollars on products due to paying your supplier in their own currency. You can do that and more with the new Alta by Helium 10 tools that we're gonna talk about today. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've got a couple of people who have brought something to our audience that is definitely helping serious sellers out there. We've got our good buddy, Tim Jordan here, and Ricardo. Ricardo, Ricardo, what's your last name? I don't even know your last name. I just realized. Pero. Okay. And that's, uh, you're from Brazil originally? <laughs> yes, I am. Okay, good. Uh, at least you have a, it's somewhat pronounceable. You know, uh, Tim Jordan has dealt a lot with our VP of product over here, John. And, and I've been working with John for like eight months and I still don't know how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> so I'm glad you have a somewhat normal last name there that I can pronounce easily. Now, Ricardo, we're going to get into a little bit of your backstory. Actually, Tim Jordan, everybody knows Tim and everyone and how he was raised by wolves in the forest and his back. No, no, but, but we all know uh, Tim's backstory. But Ricardo, we want to know a little bit about you. You are now the CEO of Sellers Funding, right? That's correct. All right. So 10 years old, did you imagine yourself, hey, when I grew up, I want to be the CEO of Sellers Funding? Or, or what did you want to be when you grew up? Probably I started uh, dreaming to become a vet because I love my my puppies and and... and my my uh, grandfather had a huge farm uh, in in Brazil, so that's kind of where I, my dreams were back huh, then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What what, what but, part of Brazil did you grow up in? I'm from the south of Brazil, uh, a city called Porto Alegre. It's uh, probably the southern state in Brazil. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, I think some of us here in the States, what we think about when we think of Brazilian food is, is just, uh, Brazilian steakhouses. Is, is that pretty much like, uh, that's, how you ate every day? Uh, would yeah. waiters come by your, your, your dinner table and bring you different meats and ask you if you wanted to, uh, yeah, you, you think about all these Brazilian, uh, steakhouses. Uh, uh-huh. I, I believe that you guys know Fogo de Chão. Yep. Yeah. Texas, the so, Brazil. Yes. Yeah. So Fogo de Chão actually started in my hometown. So oh really? Okay. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a story, a long story there, but yeah, we are we are right there in between, uh, you know, São Paulo and and Argentina. That's uh, so you can have an idea where I am from, and we are famous for the barbecue that we uh, that we uh, do there, like Texas here. <laughs> Have you ever taken uh, Tim? Tim, Tim, has Ricardo ever taken you to a Brazilian barbecue place? So he, right now what I'm thinking is the next corporate retreat needs to be in his hometown so we can eat. And the last time I was with Ricardo, he promised me a steak dinner, and then he completely backed out for no good reason. Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah. No, no <laughs> good right. reason at all. <laughs> exactly how it happened, but, uh, but he does still owe me a steak dinner. All um, right, let's get let's get back to your, your, your story, Ricardo. Like, so... Graduated high school. Did you go to university in Brazil to, yes. to become a vet, or did you already deviate no. from that childhood dream? 
I remember my grandpa's telling me, you know, the, the farm is, uh, is not your, your place in the world. You, you need to think bigger and was probably the best advice that I ever had. And uh, so I graduated in economics there. Uh, during that time, um, like my first year in college, I lost my dad, so I had to change things. And I, I moved my, my classes to, to the night uh, shift, and I started working full time. When I was uh, 23 years old, I became international treasurer of a multinational company in Brazil um, that had operations here in North America and also in, in Latin America. And uh, soon after, uh, I was hired by City and moved to the U.S. Uh, I moved to the U.S. in 2000 and, um, 1999, actually. And I've been here since then. Okay. Okay. So pretty much what you're doing now and what you've been doing the last you know, 10, 20 years is what you went to university for. Yeah. So... It's rare, it's rare in this world today. You know, almost all of my guests, especially you know, since most of them become Amazon sellers, and there's no bachelor's degree for Amazon selling. You know, you know, some studied to be doctors, and some studied to be this, and 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 they kind of ended up doing something completely different with their life. But it, it's it's refreshing sometimes to see that hey, university actually did work out for 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 somebody. Yeah, Brad, but but if you think about, I I built most of my career in like big corporations. Um, it was not by default. Probably my heart. My I saw my dad being in, in, uh, you know, a business owner and entrepreneur for most of part of his life. Mm-hmm. And when things changed at home, I, I I didn't have the the luck or the luxury to uh, take my uh, to to be an entrepreneur. So I I needed a, that income. Uh, so I, I built my career first working for, for a big corporation. Then I moved to the banking side. And then 2016, I decided, okay, uh, if there is a time for me to try to do something else, uh, this is the time. Now, how did you meet Tim? Or, or Tim, why don't, you, why don't you tell me? How, how did you meet Ricardo? Yeah, and I will say that uh, back to the entrepreneurial versus corporate mm-hmm. thing, Remember, even that large businesses started out as small businesses. Sure. You know, so like at Sellers Funding, we're hiring constantly, you know, we're becoming more and more capable like a big business would be. But it really started off, you know, with Ricardo and his buddy Fabio and and a couple other people kind of bringing this thing from scratch. So the trajectory is maybe a little bit faster than, you know, a typical, uh, you know, product Amazon selling business. But it did start the same way. Um, Ricardo, I don't even remember how I met you. I know that, you know, in the past couple of years, I've been getting more and more involved with, um, you know, service-based companies that help sellers and trying to learn about them and understand, you know, how these businesses can create opportunities for sellers. Cause when I started off as a seller, there was so much I didn't know and, and I didn't know what I didn't know. And, you know, I didn't know what tools and resources were available, let alone what was good or what wasn't. So I've really been keeping an eye out for the companies that are making a big impact. And when I started, uh, you know, selling more and I needed to start like leveraging capital, I was taking Amazon loans. I've taken cabbage loans. Um, 
And when I saw this concept that sellers funding had created pop up, which was a lending solution for Amazon sellers, essentially, not just Amazon sellers, marketplace sellers, whether it's Magento or Shopify or eBay or Walmart or whatever, I thought it was really interesting and really unique because I could tell that sellers funding was looking at the world you know, with the eyes of an entrepreneur and, and a marketplace on e-commerce seller, knowing that, you know, me as a typical e-commerce seller couldn't walk into a big bank and get a line of credit. Like they didn't, they didn't understand what I did. They didn't want to talk to me. They didn't see the potential. Maybe they didn't like the risk, whatever. And seller's funding was unique because their entire business model was based on the needs of this e-commerce seller that a traditional bank wouldn't like. And one of the first conversations I had with Ricardo, where did we meet in Vegas at an event or something? Yeah. I, I remember Prosper, right? Yeah, it's probably Prosper. And about so a year ago. And I remember, you know, just asking these questions. That's what I do. I dive in and ask all these personal questions. Like, you know, how do you survive as a lending company when it's super high risk? And he laughed and he was like, high risk. He's like, our default rate is, I don't, I don't want to give the exact numbers because I'll probably get it wrong, but it was like a quarter of most of these similar companies like Cabbage and these quote unquote high risk. And that's when I realized, wow, when you have a company like Sellers Funding that is really looking at the correct you know, metrics of a business, it doesn't necessarily have to be high risk, which was encouraging to me because it meant, you know, even though a bank would consider us high risk as e-commerce sellers, we're not like we're legitimate businesses. We know what we're doing. So I just kind of stayed in touch more and more with uh, sellers funding and and the growth that they were going through and the solutions. And then, you know, I started doing some consulting with them, uh, basically trying to bridge the gap between what they have as, you know, a global fintech company, you know, and the capabilities they have with what do we specifically need as e-commerce sellers? And our relationship just kept growing and growing and growing. And I was in uh, somewhere in California with Fabio, one of the other co-founders. He's the CTO. And uh, we're sitting at a, at a bar at like three, three in the afternoon just talking. And uh, he kind of brought up the idea of, hey, what would it look like if you guys, um, like if, if we started working together on a more formal basis? And fast forward a little bit to the birth of Alta was also about a year ago. I was sitting with Manny Coates uh, when we were shooting Project X. I was there in the office in Irvine, and Manny and I were brainstorming like we've done in the past. And you know what can Helium Ten do that not only kind of pushes the envelope in the industry, but that actually really helps sellers. And that's what uh, the conversation turned into, which was financial solutions. It was things like, you know, how do we pay our suppliers? How do we borrow money? And that was the conversation that I was able to take back to Ricardo and say dude, I think we've got something here. And we kept it completely under lock and key. We had a code name for this whole project. Bradley, you didn't even you know get to be privy to the conversations till later on. Um, you know, it was like super top secret. So the objective was, you know, to to drop this this Alta project, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. But that's kind of the birth of my my relationship with sellers funding was um, you know, understanding some much needed uh, help that e-commerce sellers needed and seeing how sellers funding was going to be able to do that and, and trying to help tie this all together. And now what's your current position with sellers funding? So uh, I'm going to tell a story about myself. When Ricardo first hired me on, my role was CMO, chief marketing officer. And that lasted about a month before Ricardo fired me. <laughs> he He called me one day and I could tell like he'd been like worried about this probably all weekend. And he had this like look on his face. He's like, Tim, 
this just isn't going to work. And I'm like, what the crap does this mean? And basically what he told me in the conversation was, you know, Tim, your strength is not sitting down and looking at like the analytics of marketing, which is not. Now, am I a great salesman? Yes, I can be. Do I understand, you know, very specific aspects of marketing? Yes. But where my real strength is, is tying in like in, in kind of collaborating and bringing together all the aspects of marketing with sales, with product development, with revenue growth. And he said, you know, you're going to have a different position here. We don't even know what it's going to be yet, but it's not chief marketing officer because you need to be doing things outside of marketing, such as helping put together this Alta project. And uh, we researched it for like a week and we found this title that is a, it's, it's a position that is becoming more and more popular in corporate America. And it really defines it. And the, the position is called chief growth officer, which when, when me and Ricardo looked at the definition of that, I was like, holy crap, that's me to a T. It, it's kind of acting as like the integrator between all of these roles and, and handling strategic partnerships. And um, so that's me. I'm, I'm the chief growth officer, which is literally a position that was created for me after Ricardo fired me as a CMO. Hmm. Oh, there, there's so many hipster titles nowadays. Chief growth officer. You heard about my new title, uh, Tim? Uh, chief evangelist, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like chief growth. I mean, like, uh, I think the first time I told my dad, you know, that I got this new title, he's literally started laughing out loud, but, uh, uh, Hey, uh, we're chiefs of something, uh, at least here, <laughs> <laughs> at least, but, but, right. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's talk about Alta, which is powered by sellers funding, of course. And, and that's why we're all, we're all here today. So a lot of people already know about what Alta is, but the cool thing is that it's not just for Amazon sellers, but especially Amazon sellers, in my opinion, obviously can get the most benefit out of it. And and it's not just one thing. There's about five, six, seven different things in here. So let's just take some of these one by one. And I think the the biggest one that that people immediately think of when they think of sellers funding or they think of Alta is, is the, the credit line. So let's talk about, Tim, how is it different than the Amazon lending because a lot of Amazon sellers are familiar. Sometimes they'll get hit up by Amazon. Hey, we want to, we want to give you uh, $20,000 to just click here to, to see if you qualify and then you get locked in. But, but how, how is it different? I know there are some things that are similar, but there, there's some pretty important things that make it, that differentiate it. Yeah. And first, um, uh, let me, let me go back and say that even that is changing. You know, Amazon had been offering lending for a couple of years and they shut it down during COVID. And there's some rumors that some people are getting offers, but the big thing is they're now partnering with the traditional bank, uh, Goldman Sachs, right? And we've all seen the headlines mm. of that. And we don't know when that's actually going to happen. It took like two years to work the deal. They've announced it. It may be another year before that lending becomes available. But one of the big things to know is that, you know, Goldman Sachs is still the traditional bank. It's going to be, uh, you know, I believe, much, and, and, and Ricardo can actually talk more about, you know, what the Goldman Sachs deal will look like since he comes, you know, more from that banking world. But I don't think that Goldman Sachs is going to be able to offer the flexibility that e-commerce sellers need. And some of that flexibility are things like being qualified based on non-traditional metrics. So for instance, with sellers funding, we can offer lending to sellers that have been selling for six months, just six months. You know, most of your big banks, you know, they require two years of tax returns and, you know, you got to like sign over your DNA and, you know, like it's crazy. But with Alta and the credit limit, what we're able to do is offer, you know, basically marketplace sellers just have six months of history. And then you can also stack up marketplace sales. So we've talked to people, uh, some are even leaders in the industry who, you know, attach uh, Amazon store to Alta. 
We check it out. They're qualified for a $50,000 credit limit, you know, instantly. Then we get on the phone to talk with them. We also find out what they're selling in another country. Uh, They're maybe selling on uh, Shopify or also Walmart. And we can stack that stuff together and now, you know, instantly be able to offer 200,000 or 250,000. We already have sellers that have come through, you know, the Alta system and gotten onboarded and have qualified for a million, right? So this is not something that is out there in the industry. And when other people like Cabbage and the Amazon lending shutdown and even some of the other, you know, financial service providers in the space that used to offer lending aren't offered lending, you know, that makes us super, super unique. And going back to like the Amazon lending, the first time I, I got an Amazon loan, I remember it was $253,000 and I, I had to take it on one disbursement. So I took mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. I think it was a 12 month loan. I took it, but I didn't need the money immediately. You know, I might've needed 20,000 to make a down payment on this order. And a month later I needed some more. And, and then the final balance 30 days later of my first order. So with the credit limit, you know, when, when Ricardo and I, and the rest of the, the leadership team kind of sat down and determined how this is going to play out. That's one thing that we knew we had to have was this flexibility of you take what you need and you're only paying on interest in what you've taken. So if you qualify for a hundred thousand dollars and you only need $10,000 to make a a down payment for a production run, you just take $10,000 and that begins a new loan that you can choose the terms of. When you do a withdrawal from your credit limit, you can choose a six, nine or 12 month repayment time. Right. And we have the capability in there to do interest only for up to three months. So if I'm ramping up to Q4 and I'm trying to spend, you know, take every dollar I have and every dollar I get my hands on to buy inventory for Q4, if I place an order, it's going to take 30 days for that order to be produced, then another 30 to 40 days to be shipped, then maybe another 20 days to be checked in. And then once it starts selling, then it's going to be at least two weeks before I get paid. Well, it might be a little bit tough on my cash flow to be making those, those capital payments. So what Ricardo did is he he pulled some strings, he bent some of the rules of normal, and he said, we're going to do these, these interest-only payments for up to three months that sellers can select to literally create the perfect lending solution for private label e-commerce sellers. Okay, cool. I mean, and I, I can speak from personal experience. You know, I went, I was one of the first ones to, to test that with Alta, the, the credit line. It was super easy process. And I think it was like, I, I got approved for $35,000 on one of my seller central accounts that I use for case studies. Now, now Ricardo, what kind of, uh, I, I don't need to know the exact formula here, but, but what are the mm-hmm. factors that go into determining how much a Shopify or an Amazon seller can qualify for, for the credit line? Yeah. So the model nowadays is based completely on, on KPIs and metrics that we, we, we take from the marketplace. So we take a look at uh, past sales performance margins from the marketplace or from each marketplace. Uh, we take we take a look at um, you know even reviews uh, and the ratio between positive and negative reviews. Uh, how we've been performing. We we we, we consider also uh, your um, account health with Amazon and how efficient you are in terms of managing your inventory. So there are so many factors that are taken into consideration. And pretty much that credit limit that we set is um, is based on our forecast of how you're going to perform or how a seller will, will perform in the next 3, 6, 12 months. I honestly believe that technology will always help us to make smarter and, and faster decisions 
but the human aspect of getting to know and creating that relationship is it cannot be replaced by a machine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I just want to also bring out the point that that what Tim was talking about is how you get to choose how much you want to take out. That 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 is to me was one of the biggest differences because you know the one time I I, I did an Amazon lending for one. I didn't need, I forgot what it was, 20,000, 40,000, whatever. I only needed a certain amount, but then I'm, I'm paying interest and everything on, on the full amount from, from, from day one. And, and that kind of sucked. Let's switch gears a little bit. It's still technically, you know, the, the similar, similar idea, but the, the daily payments or, or the, the, the marketplace, uh, using the marketplace payout in order to get the daily payment. Tim, before, before this, when you, when you were hot and heavy on Amazon selling, did you ever use any of those services where you could get like a kind of like a, a daily withdrawal or did you always have to wait for those, the, the two weeks that Amazon makes you wait? So I never used it. And I'll be honest, at first I was opposed to it and it's because I didn't know about it. I didn't know about the opportunity that was. And I listened to some people that I shouldn't have that were bad mouthing it. There were some other companies uh, in the space that were doing daily payouts and um, you know, they were charging an arm and a leg for it. And I knew people that were using it. And at first I thought, Hey, this is like a, a desperation move. This is a, you know, get rich quick, uh, you know, payday loan type scenario. But now that I've been educated more on you know, like responsible cash flow and also opportunity cost, I know that there are a lot of sellers that benefit by having their money every day because they can take that money, buy new inventory, reinvest. And even with a small fee that Alta charges to facilitate that daily payout, the opportunity is is greater by having that money earlier. I tested it out and it was it's pretty pretty interesting because you know, especially those who are arbitrage sellers, wholesale sellers, maybe manufacturing USA. I mean, this is just like humongous because you guys, you know, turn over your inventory so fast and to have to wait two weeks is is a, a pain in the neck, you know. To be able to have access to your money, you know, on a daily basis is just really big. And, and then even if you're even if you're, you know, doing the traditional way of sourcing from China, you know, you've got expenses, you know, you, you you've got you've got overhead that you have to that you have to worry about and and to to only have, be able to have access to your money every 2 weeks can be a pain for some. So this is definitely a help and, and the the fee is not much at all. I think uh Ricardo what's what's the the fee range of what is charged for this? It can be as low as uh 25 uh base points 0.25% to 2%. Now, the part that powers this is what's I believe called the the marketplace payout. So so correct me if I'm wrong Tim, but but the way this works basically it's almost like uh, a virtual bank account uh, number that you are using, and then you give Amazon this bank account number. And so instead of having your disbursements or your withdrawals from Amazon go to your bank account, it's actually going to your Alta digital wallet. Is that is that that that's kind of like uh, in layman's terms <laughs> how it works? Yeah. So you're talking about two things. One is this platform, and the other one is a specific tool or function. And the platform is the Alta digital wallet, which is uh, in my opinion, one of the most innovative things that has come out for e-commerce sellers, you know, especially when it, when it, you know, comes to fintech or financial technology. I know you called me out the other day and assumed I made up that word fintech, but <laughs> I, um, I still think you did, but go ahead. So think about e-commerce, you know, e-commerce is, is shrinking the globe. You know, you can sell anything to anybody from anywhere with the cell phone in your pocket. So when you look at, at the growth of you know 
commerce through e-commerce. One thing that's been lagging behind is the financial sector. You know, how does how does finance keep up? And the answer is this fintech concept. So essentially what the digital wallet is, is, you know, it's heavily government regulated. You know, we have to go through all the anti-money laundering laws. You know, this isn't uh, some, you know, super insecure, dangerous thing. You know, this is this is the real deal. But essentially what it is, it's a system that we onboard you on. We have to verify you're a real person and and that, you know, there's no fraudulent activity or anything like that. But once we set you up with the digital wallet, you can open up a currency account in right now, I think, Ricardo, it's 37 different currencies. So what this means is you don't have to go to Hong Kong to open up a bank account. And I've told a story you know, before about literally having to fly to Hong Kong to an HSBC account to try to open up an account to, to deal with Hong Kong dollars. You don't have to do that. You get onboarded basically through your laptop and, and, and work with us on whatever documents we need. And now you can open up an account in 37 different currencies. And then the other aspect that works with this marketplace payment is we have to connect you uh, through your Alta, you know, your Alta platform to a marketplace, uh, just like you know any other service company would do. It's usually done through the MWS token. There's other ways that we do it for different marketplaces like, uh, like Shopify or Magento or Walmart. But we start communicating. So the Alta platform communicates with your Amazon account and sees how much money you're basically being banked, quote unquote, every day. And then uh, Alta basically fronts you that money, fronts you that money into your digital wallet account. It can be sent to your actual business bank account. And then when Amazon makes that disbursement, we know what that amount's going to be. And we basically reimburse ourselves after that. When will this, the digital wallet be available? Like, obviously it's available for a US based account, but uh, is it yeah. coming where like, you know, if I want to open up an Amazon UK or Amazon Germany seller mm -hmm. central account, now I can use uh, a digital wallet based in UK or Germany, et cetera. Yeah. Is that in the works? So you're talking about two different things. The digital wallet is, is open for anybody right now, but being able to accept the marketplace payouts from yes. a specific marketplace is different. Um, I don't even probably by the time this podcast drops, we'll have more capabilities, but coming extremely soon is Canada, all of Europe and Australia. So anybody selling in those marketplaces. And then we're having serious discussions right now and, and I already started the process to open up some other marketplaces too. Um, I would, this is just me talking and, and Ricardo might slap me later for saying this, but like personally, I think that marketplaces like Singapore and UAE are going to be pretty important, but it also depends on the demand. You know, those of you that are listening, that are Alta users, let us know what marketplaces you're selling and that you need, you know, you need to be able to accept payments from and, and what marketplaces you're most excited about expanding to, because we want to customize and tailor our growth with your future growth. Sweet. Sweet. All right. Good to know. Good to know. What about going back? You know, I know we, we talked about it already, but the, the credit line, are there any limitations there as far as who can apply? I mean, obviously you have to be, I would assume you have to be selling in the U.S., but if it's somebody who lives in Australia selling in the U.S., would they be able to apply for their credit line? Yeah, we have people in Australia right now that that are that are borrowing from us. And it's not just sales in the U.S. I know, Ricardo, you, you're probably more up today on the list, but you can be selling in multiple places um, and combining multiple places. Like I said before, we've offered credit limits to people, and then we find out later, oh, they're also selling in Canada. They're also selling in U.K. They're almost sell also selling on Walmart, and we can stack that all up. Let's uh, switch gears again. I mean, it seems like, you know, I, I bet it's people are listening like, what? There's more? There's more? What, what in the world? We haven't talked yet about supplier pay. And I, this is another thing that I've, I've been using my, myself where uh, I set up, you know, one of the uh, case studies where we're getting the, uh, the egg trays from, 
Tim, where we're getting the Project X egg trays from. Mm -hmm. I set them up there in in Supplier Pay and. And real quick, I was already getting my my daily disbursements, you know, with the uh, with the marketplace payout and daily payments right there into my Alta digital wallet, and so I just set up uh, the supplier as a payee, and boom, right there for my digital wallet, I was able to to send the money. Now somebody might be just you know listening to this and say, well, that, that, there's nothing special about that, you know, like I I got a bank account, I know how. I know how to do a wire transfer. I'm trying to do the Tim's uh, accent right there. Uh, I know how to do a wire transfer. So, uh, like, what, what's the benefit of using supplier pay as opposed to whatever they're using right now? So, I could go an hour and talk about different scenarios. And I'll start off by saying this. If any of you are listening and, and want to get started in this and you set up your digital wallet, we can have a conversation with you if you have anything custom you want to set up. And we'll figure out some of the pain points you have in your business. We don't mind doing that. But the very short answer to the most common, you know, the most the most uh, uh, prolific listener of this podcast is probably someone in the U.S. selling in the U.S. And, you know, I, I've had people tell me, well, there's no advantage to setting up a digital wallet and making payments. So let me tell you some of the big ones. One is um, communication, transparency, right? The first, I've told the story before, the first payment I ever made to China was a six-figure payment. And, you know, I sent the payment on a Monday while I was in China. I needed it to land by Friday morning and I didn't sleep that whole week. I just lay there and sweated. What if the money goes missing? I can't see what's going on. Uh, one thing about the supplier payment that we do is you can actually keep track of the progress of that payment. You can see when it's been made. Like you've done that, Bradley. You've mentioned you log in your account mm -hmm. and you can check the progress. A traditional bank wire transfer, you can't really do that. You wait and you hope, and if the supplier says it didn't show up, then you have to wait another two weeks, and then you open up a trace, which costs you, I don't know, 80 bucks, and you have to wait four weeks for them to actually track that thing down. Uh, so it's real time. It's much faster. You don't have to go into the bank and give a, a DNA sample and a thumbprint and you know print it off invoices. You, know, you can essentially do it from your laptop. But the other cool thing that we can do is we can facilitate internal uh, currency conversions. And we've talked about like on the elite webinar where I'm showing people how to save, you know, three to four to five percent on your invoices by negotiating paying those in a local currency. So instead of sending USD to a supplier in China that lands in USD and them having to convert it later, which most people don't even realize happens, we can send USD and convert it during the transaction into RMB and save them a lot of money. Um, another scenario, what if I live in the UK? Uh, I'm sorry, what if I'm selling in the UK? What if I live and operate in the US and my suppliers in India? Well, the traditional process is my marketplace payouts from the UK would be transferred to me in the US into US dollars. So I'm already having a conversion be there. Then I take that money and I wire transfer it to my Indian supplier. Well, with the digital wallet and supplier pay, you don't have to do it anymore. You can leave your GBP, your British pounds parked in your UK GBP digital wallet currency account. And you can send that directly to India, right? As opposed to making transactions that bounce these things around. You have to, you know, multiple currency conversions. It's simple. Uh, if you want to make a payment from your USD account to a supplier in China that's USD, it's still typically cheaper than a bank because a bank is going to charge $35, you know, to you, $35 to your supplier. And, you know, we've had multiple people that are signing up right now that are telling me, hey, my bank used to charge me $45. And even just a USD to USD transaction is cheaper. So the, the short answer of why our supplier pay is good is we have more functionality. We have more flexibility with not having to convert when you don't need to, you know, through multiple countries. Um, it's simple. It's from your laptop. We have the transparency where you can track it. And it's typically saving people a lot of money. All right. Now, 
talk talk about that just really briefly. We're we're running out of time here, but the the saving money part, you know, that that will perk anybody's ears up. That what about that scenario? Uh, give us a scenario of like, let's say somebody is paying a supplier a million dollars a year. You know, over twelve months. You know, they're they're sending them you know hundred hundred thousand dollars a month for for their products, and and they might give a, a discount, right? Because if you can pay them in like a Chinese RMB as opposed to dollars. They might give a discount. What, in your experience, Tim, has that discount been, or could it be? And then extrapolate that to 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 say how much somebody could save just on one supplier who they're paying a million dollars a year to. Yeah, and I was showing some screenshots in our elite webinar of actual conversations, you know, with suppliers in China that are telling us how much they mark up their invoices to receive in USD, and it's because they have to mark that up because they have to convert from their USD funds into RMB funds so they can pay their employees and pay their suppliers and pay their light bills. And typically that's anywhere from four to 7%. So our fees for, for currency conversion start at 1%. And based on volume and, and other relationship you know parameters we have, we can get lower than that. But if it starts at 1%, and we can get our, our um, suppliers, you know, we negotiate them and say, hey, what if I send you RMB instead of the USD so you can eliminate that 5% markup? A lot of times these suppliers say, sure, send it to me in RMB. So we're paying 1% instead of 5, 6, 7%. Or a lot of times we're paying, you know, 0.8% as opposed to 5, 6, 7%. That money can stack up really, really fast. But the, the real gem about Alta is that we can basically roll those savings into multiple transactions. Ricardo, I know we've, we have a, a, a client in Germany that basically was fulfilling all these functions separately through multiple service providers. He was getting overcharged, even though it thought he wasn't. Can you just remind me of what the numbers were on that? You know, it took a 20 minute phone call. We got him onboarded and you were telling me some ridiculous amount of money he's going to save throughout the year by not even changing anything he does, by actually simplifying the things that he did under one platform. It was, uh, so the competitor was charging him one and a half percent. And we, we lowered that to 75.75%. Uh, uh, and on top of that, he wasn't able to, um, to uh, any lender would consolidate his sales in the US, UK, and Europe. And we were able to do that and then him not only uh, a higher amount, but also give him the flexibility to borrow in different currencies as well to match his sales with with the the borrowing uh, facility. It was it, 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 we and yesterday you saw in the pipeline meeting in the afternoon we had a guy uh, we have an existing client of ours uh, from Alta got funded uh, and then he he came back to uh, to us and said oh by the way. Um, I, I'm paying to China about $100,000 a month to, to my suppliers. Is that anything that you guys could do to, to lower my rate uh, if I channel the marketplace payout to, to you guys and uh, I start using your platform? I already opened my digital wallet. And so, of course, then we took a look at, at all these flows from the competitor. We, are able, we were able not only to... Uh, lower the price that he is paying there, but also we increase his credit limit from 100 to 150,000. So I know what the German guy was talking about first. This guy, by actually simplifying his process, he was going to pocket six additional figures a year, right? It's 150,000. Yeah, he saved 150,000 without wow. changing anything. That's huge. 
And like this guy yesterday, these are people that, that are already profitable, but when we can change them from, you know, one and a half percent FX fee to 0.75, you know, three quarters of 1%, um, and make their life simpler and give them more money, you know, lent with a lower interest rate, um, that explains why I got excited about seller's funding. Now, Ricardo, VAT, GST, I think a lot of sellers, you know, kind of know basically what it is. Now, the VAT obviously is in Europe, and I see that you guys have it available to apply for for actually multiple countries, even even ones outside of, of where the Amazon has a marketplace. You know, there's Germany, Czech Republic, looks like Spain, France, UK, Italy, Netherlands, Poland. Now, what about GST? Where is the GST available from is this i guess this is something i haven't done yet is this for canada is it for australia which places are ricardo we have canada now uh and we have uh australia in the pipeline but canada is uh ready to, to um it's already available and like tim said by the time this podcast uh will go live we're gonna have uh other other countries in the pipeline but and, and that goes back to the idea that uh, how complex this is for for uh, sellers, right? So when you when you think about selling abroad, you you have to deal with different tax schemes and um, different uh, service providers. And the idea is to to provide like a unified solution, a one stop shop for for sellers to to make their life easier. Okay, and how exactly is Alta making a seller's life easier for for the VAT and GST? Like, are are you helping them apply for the actual account, helping them them make their payments, all of the above? What, what's all going on? All of the above. So, all of the above. <laughs> you know, when when I when I started, you know, like selling internationally, I went first to Canada, and then when you start looking at like UK and uh, the European Union, it's so complex and confusing. You know, well, I only have to register in Germany until my goods get shipped a certain number of miles into a certain volume, and then I have to open up here and do this and this, and then I got to file it and pay for it. It's a nightmare. So basically, we're demystifying that. All we're doing is we're taking this incredibly complex system, not necessarily complicated, you know, in each in each facet of it, but very complex, and we're simplifying it. Where the short answer is UK, uh, Europe, uh, Canada, and soon to be Australia. If you need to get started and register, we got you. We'll help you figure out how often you need to file in each country. We got you. When you actually go to make those payments, you can do that through supplier pay. So basically from one platform, one service through Alta, we've got that that kind of pain in the butt tax thing uh, just about you know spoon-fed to you, which is a really, really big advantage when you want to, to expand globally and expand the different marketplaces. Uh, it, just, it just takes some of those difficulties and speed bumps out of the road for you. Excellent. Excellent. Guys, th th there's obviously tons that has gone into this new you know, partnership with Sellers Funding and Helium 10 that we call Alta. So what is the best website or the best way that people can get more information if there's something that maybe they heard today that piqued their interest and, and they might want to see if it's if it's good for them? Growwithalta.com. Grow with Alta. And you can uh, hit a link there to get started and start the onboarding process, uh, connect your accounts, get, get your account set up. But also there is a massive document that I kid you not, we worked on for like two months. Um, and it's an FAQ document that answers a million questions, explains a million things. Uh, gives tons of information. If you're, you know, one of those people that like to research and learn everything, 
uh, we've probably got two hours of, of learning just on that one FAQ uh, information page. Or if you just want to get started, hit the button and kind of, uh, you know, do the whole baptism by fire thing that most of us entrepreneurs do. Or just go ahead and click the button, create an account. We can start communicating with you, walk you through the process. And then we can also customize solutions uh, for you, help you figure out all of the different bits and pieces of Alta, which ones, uh, you know, you as a seller need to be looking at, which ones make the most sense for you to to implement within your business structure and uh, hopefully help you grow while saving you money and making your life easier all at the same time. Nice. Now, uh, one last question for Ricardo. Ricardo, have you started to teach Tim any Portuguese yet since he's spending more time at the office over there? Only the cursing word. <laughs> okay, okay. We won't have to repeat. He's pretty good at those. Yeah, he's pretty good at those. All right. Well, well, uh, Ricardo, uh, obrigado pelo seu tempo. I don't know if I said that right, but thank you for your time, Tim. And thank perfect. you for your time. All right. Thank you for your time, Ricardo. And we'll see you guys soon.